Hey yo, and welcome to the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I'm Sabrina, here to chat with you about what it takes to look and feel like a badass. Fun fact, it's not about 1200 calorie diets and workouts you hate. Nope. Instead, we'll talk about lifestyle habits, mindset, and attitude around sleep, stress management, nutrition, and movement, all dumped in a great big bucket of self-awareness and personal growth. Each week, I'll give you strategies and actions that you can apply directly into your day-to-day life so that you're making sustainable changes over time. So if you're ready to get your shit together, for reals this time, put on your sassy pants and get comfy. Let's do this. Hey yo, what's up? Welcome back, my friends. I hope your week has been good to you so far. Hang in there with me today. My voice is still a little wonky and I'm still a little sniffly from COVID. Feeling a whole lot better, just still have some of that residual crap that I'm dealing with. So hopefully that's not too distracting for today's conversation, but we're just going to roll with it because this is just, this is just life. So here we are. There are a few similar themes that have been kind of swirling around in my brain for quite a while lately, and I realize that they're all just sort of different ways to say very similar things, and ultimately it's about how making healthy changes in a sustainable way is slow, and because it's slow, it's easy to get caught up in the moments when you're not perfect. Well, then what happens? You know, a lot of people panic and they abandon ship. It can look like a lot of different things. So it can, this, this panic can look like quitting completely, doubling down, nasty self-talk, and so on. I think that, you know, completely quitting and just throwing in the towel and uh, doubling down and really being maybe even obsessive about it are probably the two most common things that happen when, you know, we're not satisfied with our progress. But I know that there are other variations too, but I think those are the most common. The nasty self-talk I think can happen at any point in time, but you know what I mean. But, you know, think about it. How many times have we heard about or experienced for ourselves those moments when we've binged on sweets and figured our whole day was shot so we might as well continue to eat with reckless abandon? Or when we slept in instead of going to the gym and so we're never going to get it right and why do we even bother? Or have you ever experienced one of those instances when you ate too much and then plotted grueling workouts for the next day or even later that same day so that you could burn off those calories from, you know, that overindulgence? I could go on and on with these examples. I know I have some that hit real hard for me, and I'm sure you probably do too, or at least something similar. You know, we all have our own experiences that we bring to the table. So anyway, I've been thinking about these traps that we get stuck in and how these fallacies and false beliefs can really derail us from what we're trying to achieve. When I think about how I want to address things like this on this podcast, I've been thinking about things like how when you're saying yes to something, you're also saying no to something else and vice versa. The second way that this comes up for me is why you shouldn't panic when you're not making progress or if you end up going backward, like don't panic. (laughs) That's a big one. Don't panic. But then also, you know, finally, another way that this topic has kind of manifested in my head is how we win when we fail. So all of these things are different flavors of the same general idea. They're all related to the idea of realistic expectations and how we manage the outcomes of our efforts and those expectations. Rather than try to talk about all of these separately, 
because they're related to each other, I thought I would just address them together within this context. To roll with me on this topic, I really want you to think about a personal health, wellness, fitness, lifestyle, or weight loss goal that you've set recently, or maybe that stands out in your personal history. And kind of keep this example in your mind as I go through these so that we can navigate this together. I give you a lot of my own examples, real or made up, but I really, as we're going through, I want you to think about what this looks like for you so that by the end of it, you can kind of see where maybe you get trapped or where you do really well and and where you have a good handle on things. I'm going to try and keep it simple and use the oh-so-common hypothetical example of I'm going to lose weight by gutting my diet and exercising every day. And let's say that quote-unquote gutting my diet, and yes, pun intended because I'm a child, that looks like I'm going to go keto and I'm only going to eat 1,200 calories a day After all, all the influencers on social media keep telling me that carbs are bad, 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 and fat is flavor, so this sounds perfect. Cool. For exercise, I'm going to do some sort of cardio for 30 to 60 minutes a day. I'm not going to lift weights because that'll make me bulky and I don't want to look like a man. By the way, just saying all of this kind of hurts my soul a little bit. If you've been nodding along and going, yeah, okay, that's cool, I'll do that, stop. Don't. Just don't. If this is you, contact me directly. Let's talk because there's so much wrong with this example that I've laid out. And, you know, what's wrong with this example is not really the the focus of conversation. It really is just to have an example that I can work from as I I kind of talk through this with you. Also, that's not a judgment. So, you know, if you're kind of nodding along with this and thinking like, yeah, okay, that, that sounds good. I'm not judging you for thinking that that might be a good approach. That's me saying that this scenario is unfortunately common and I don't want you or anyone else to get trapped in that because it's just really not a healthy approach in the way that I have framed it. Anyway, so that's the hypothetical I'll be working with. Now let's tackle the first topic I mentioned, which is when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else and vice versa. There's also a component of this that I kind of get trapped in and it's like when you say no to something you're actually saying no to a lot of other things that maybe you don't realize. Or when you say yes to something, you're saying yes to a lot of other things that you don't realize. That's not really what I'm talking about here, but just know that it can work that way as well. And ultimately, what it's coming down to is when you make a decision about something, other things are going to be impacted. And so it's really thinking about those subsequent factors that are impacted by that one decision. But in this case... When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Now, this isn't inherently bad. Sometimes this is okay. It's just about increasing your self-awareness around this and deciding if what you're saying yes to and consequently what you're saying no to is actually worth it. So in this example, I've chosen the keto diet. In saying yes to keto, I'm saying no to carbohydrates. Okay, maybe not that big of a deal off the bat. Until you realize what that means physiologically for your body. Saying no to carbohydrates is saying no to your body's preferred source of energy, which consequently means also saying no to adequately supporting those intentions of daily cardio. I'm going to pause here. Is it possible to still effectively do cardio workouts on a keto diet? Sure. But honestly, that is a complicated topic that I'm not going to get into into any great detail right now, But suffice it to say that while it's possible, 
that doesn't necessarily mean it's ideal, the most effective, or the right choice for you. And on that note, if you're going to do keto, remember to consult with your doctor so that it's medically supervised. That's really important because anytime you cut out a macronutrient or something that is um, nourishing your body with micro or macronutrients, vitamins, all of that, when you take something out of your diet, you really want to make sure that you are also supplementing it in some other way, preferably with real food, but if not with real food, with other sort of supplementation. So anyway, just to say that if you are going to do some sort of elimination diet like a keto diet, just please make sure that you are doing it safely with a provider and that it's medically supervised. Back to what I was saying though, when you say yes to keto, you're saying no to carbohydrates and your body's preferred source of energy that would really support your physical activity and workouts and make things a lot harder for yourself than they need to be. Now, in this example, I decided I'm going to be the cardio queen and I'm not going to worry about anything else. I'm saying yes to exercise that is going to burn more calories in the moment. Because I'm saying yes to just cardio, I'm saying no to well-rounded physical activity that supports building strength, improving my metabolism, because muscle burns more calories than fat when you're at rest, and I'm saying no to flexibility and mobility work that can improve my stability and help me live a pain-free life. This is a little bit exaggerated, but not entirely. Because people tend to stick to one kind of physical activity, they miss out on the benefits of other things. So if you find yourself leaning on one type of training, what are you saying no to and what benefits are you missing out on? One last thing to consider before moving on to the next part is thinking about when you exercise. If you say yes to working out in the mornings, are you saying no to enough sleep? If you say yes to working out at lunch, are you saying no to eating lunch in an environment that is relaxing or stress-free? If you say yes to working out in the evening, are you saying no to time with your family? Some of these trade-offs have to be made, but this is a good opportunity to ask yourself if the trade-off is worth it, and if it's not, what other alternatives can you lean into? And if you're listening to this and you say, Sabrina, all of that sounds terrible. I don't want to miss out on sleep. I don't want to miss out on an opportunity to take a relaxing, stress-free lunch break. And I don't want to sacrifice time with my family. So does that mean that I just never have a chance to work out? No, absolutely not. That's where it's really helpful to talk with somebody through your routines and through your patterns and your day-to-day to figure out what can you do to make sure that you can still prioritize physical activity without having to give up other things that are really important to you. There's always going to be an adjustment anytime you introduce something new into your life, but that doesn't mean that it has to suck. Okay, so now let's carry this example into the next part of what I was talking about, which is why you shouldn't panic if you're not making progress or if you seem to be going backward. First, I have to reiterate here that progress is not linear. My hypothetical example that I've been describing is not one that I recommend, but even if it was a good plan, hell, even if it was the ideal plan, these types of journeys are just not linear. There is no such thing as doing it perfectly and everything working exactly as planned. There are a lot of reasons for that, such as hormones, fluid intake, injury or illness, high stress, inability to prioritize sleep, and any other number of unforeseens. You can't plan for everything. And even if you try, your body still has to work through its natural processes. This is why it's recommended that if one of your metrics is 
scale weight that you're weighing yourself at, you know, the same time of day, each day, each week, whatever. And I don't necessarily recommend scale weight for like tracking progress always, but it's a really easy example because it's such a simple number to get. So anyway, uh, because of all of this, if you find yourself, you know, a month or two into your goals and new habits and behaviors and things started off really strong and then all of a sudden you gain back a little bit of weight that you had lost or you can't lift as heavy as you did last time that you worked out or your mile run is slower than it was before, don't panic. In these instances, it might mean that you need to tweak your process. In my example, there's a lot of things that I would tweak, but rather than rushing to make changes to your process when you find yourself at a standstill or going backward, or if you feel that inclination to just completely give up or double down, use that moment as an opportunity to reflect. Nine times out of 10, I'd be willing to bet you just need to be patient and wait it out. For the times when a change is needed, here are some things to consider. One, are you doing things as perfectly as you think you are? One of the biggest culprits of people not making progress when they think they're doing everything right is that they're eating more than they think they are. Maybe instead of making changes, you start tracking your food more closely, double check serving sizes and nutrition labels, and really pay attention to any single bite snacking. It doesn't sound like much, but that can really add up. Next, do you actually know what you think you know? What makes you think you should be on a 1200 calorie diet? Is the information you're getting reliable? Is your coach or trainer qualified to help you with your specific goal? In the case of my example, a 1200 calorie diet would absolutely suck if I'm going to do cardio every single day. I would make the argument that unless you are already a pretty small person, a 1200 calorie diet isn't enough even if you're not working out at all. So if you're not making progress, rather than panic and give up on everything, really evaluate your actions to see if they really make sense. If you do decide to make changes, start with one change and be patient. If you make a lot of changes at once, then you're not really learning what works and what doesn't. Finally, what other factors might be at play? For example, if you're on a 1200 calorie a day diet Monday through Thursday, and you sweat buckets during cardio all week, but then you drink a lot of alcohol and eat a lot of fast food, processed food, and all of the candy and sugar Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then yeah, you might be in a calorie surplus, consumed more calories than you needed to maintain your weight. And you've put on a little bit of extra weight as a result. Probably not much realistically, but a little bit, because even though it feels like we gain weight really fast, we don't. That's slow too. But ultimately, the day-to-day -day is less important than the weekly average. Cheat days and cheat weekends can seriously derail you. It's why I'm not a fan of them. I would rather not deprive myself during the week and instead indulge a little bit here and there, you know, throughout the whole week all the time when I want something so that I don't go into binge mode because that happens and I am really guilty of this too. If I try to restrict my diet too much during the week and really focus you know, so much on eating what's considered healthier foods and I don't really allow myself to have some of those indulgences a little bit here and there, then by the time I do, I'm going to completely overdo it. And our bodies do not work in like this sense of like where it magically resets every 24 hours and it's a new opportunity. Like, 
think about your calorie intake on a weekly basis and really pay attention to like those cheat days or those cheat meals. Again, I'm not a fan of them because I just, I don't think it creates a healthy mindset and I think it can actually lead to overeating so much more than you would if you just incorporated those indulgences throughout your week. But I'm off topic a little bit. So the point is, think about what other things could be contributing to your lack of progress. It could be that things are so ingrained in your everyday life that you don't even think about how it could be pushing pause on your progress. And note that this isn't necessarily a bad thing. If your progress stalls once a month because you go to your parents' house for a big family dinner or whatever, that's totally fine. Enjoy your family dinners and don't stress about it because that social time, that connection with loved ones is just as important as a healthy body because that connection really nourishes our emotions and our mental health and our souls and we just, we have to care for the whole body. Okay, the last part that I wanted to talk about with all of this is how you win when you fail. Now, I know this might sound a little strange, but I think this is important to help with a healthy mindset, especially when things may not be going as planned, which, let's face it, it happens. So when I say you win when you fail, or basically you succeed when you fail, what I mean is that when you fail at something, regardless of what it is, you get some great information and it can be a really valuable learning experience if you let yourself look at it like that. So let's go back to the example I was talking about. Inevitably, with this 1,200 calorie a day keto diet and all the cardio and none of the resistance training, I'm going to fail. Like I'm, I'm personally speaking for me, I am going to fail. I just will. It's completely unsustainable for me and I would argue it's completely unsustainable for most people. So how do I win or how do I succeed in this scenario? Maybe in the process of doing all of this, I learned that when I don't have carbohydrates in the morning, I actually feel really good. I feel really awake and really alert. I also learned that when I try to go for that afternoon run or go rounds on the elliptical, that I have zero energy and it's miserable to try and get through that workout. And maybe because keto is not a sustainable choice for me personally, let's say that I go out for lunch with friends one day and I slip up, quote unquote, and we get sandwiches. So I have a sandwich for lunch and I discover that my afternoon run is actually a little bit easier. Or maybe I decide that the afternoon run just sucks no matter what I eat and I decide to try running in the morning instead. I think it's important here to reiterate what I was saying earlier and repeat Don't panic and make all the changes. It's okay to change things up when things aren't working, but it's important to use the information you have and make thoughtful, informed decisions. When we panic, we're often making desperate emotional decisions that might not really serve us in the long run. I hope that clarifies things rather than muddies the water. I don't mean to bring all of the information together here or sound like I'm contradicting myself, but Hopefully it's clear enough that there's a difference between panicking and making great big changes one way or another versus unpacking the outcomes of your behaviors to assess what's working and what's not and making changes based on what you have picked up from those outcomes. My point is failure is valuable information. Failure is what allows us to learn more about ourselves, what we like and what we don't like, what helps us feel our best and what doesn't what's sustainable for us, and what's not. So when we fail at something and we take this information and we turn it into something valuable and useful for us, 
that ultimately helps us succeed, that's a win. For some people, keto is a very satisfying and sustainable dietary lifestyle choice. I can with 100% certainty tell you that I am not one of those people. For some people, running every day or most days and getting the majority of their physical activity through cardio is a very enjoyable and sustainable way to exercise. I can again with 100% certainty tell you I am not one of those people. To be honest, I've never actually tried keto because I know I would not be able to give up carbohydrates and be satisfied with my life. I don't mind cardio, but it's definitely not my favorite. And something I definitely learned through trial and error and a lot of hard lessons learned through failed attempts is that a 1200 calorie a day diet is a terrible idea for me. It's not a very healthy choice for someone with my activity interests, my height, and just how I feel best. And again, I've said this on this podcast before, 1,200 calories a day is not enough for most people. I'm 5'7". 1,200 calories a day with my height and my frame is not going to make for a good time for me. I do not recommend it for my clients, especially if they are going to be active. Again, unless you are a small person anyway, 1,200 calories a day is just not a great choice for the majority of people. And I will just, I'll leave it at that. I have been failing for a long time. I've learned a lot about myself over the years through failed attempts to lose weight and get healthy. Here are some of the most important things that I have learned. I'm miserable when I'm hyper-focused on losing weight and it always backfires because the deprivation gets to me. Not only have I found myself in binging episodes from this, but it's absolutely terrible for my depression. Next, trying to focus on a particular diet sounds good in theory, but at least for me, it's a mess in practice. Instead, I eat what I want, what I like, and I try to do it mindfully and in moderation, unless it's Oreos. Then there's no such thing as moderation and all bets are off. There's a reason that I have a do not buy list for some groceries, and sometimes I ignore it completely, and you know what? I don't lose sleep over it. And on that note, the next thing I know about myself, I will never, ever, ever, ever give up Oreos. Ever. Next, I make much better food choices when I prep my meals. It's a pain in the ass, and I don't always like to do it. But future Sabrina always thanks me for it. My bank account usually thanks me for it, too. Another one is that I love strength training. I know cardio, mobility, and flexibility are important, and I'll fit them in where I can, but strength training is what brings me joy, and I will continue to prioritize it. And finally, I'm a walker. I said that, and the first thing that came to mind was like a person with their walker, and that's not, that's not what I mean, but roll with me on this. I am a person who enjoys walking, but not for the physical benefits. I mean, that's great and all, but... I walk because it's the best way for me to support my mental health, and that's the part I have to remember when I really don't feel like going for a walk. There's a lot of ways that you can support your mental health, and you know, I, I try a lot of different things, I incorporate a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, going for walks is really what helps me unplug, clear my mind let myself process emotions and thoughts and what I've been experiencing. And it's just, for me, I have learned that's my best form of supporting my mental health. So even though technically, yes, this is a physical activity that absolutely counts as exercise, that's not why I do it. That's not why it's important for me. These are all things that I have learned from trial and error. 
from paying attention and learning from my experiences. And at the end of the day, that's how all of this can be summarized. Consider the trade-offs or sacrifices whenever you make decisions, like when you say yes to something, what are you saying no to? Don't panic if you're not making progress and learn from your failures. Alrighty, my friends, I am going to go ahead and wrap it up here, but I hope you got something helpful out of today's conversation. If there's anything you'd like me to talk about more in the future, hit me up and let me know. I'd love to talk more about topics that are on your mind. In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and you do something that brings you joy and makes you smile. I'll catch up with you next time. Later. Many thanks for joining me for another episode of the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I hope today's chat gave you some things to noodle on and that you're walking away feeling inspired and empowered to live a badass life. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please snag a screenshot of this episode and post it on Instagram, tag a friend or two, and tag me at sa.brina.brina. That's S-A dot B-R-I-N-A dot B-R-I-N-A. And include the hashtag badass is the new skinny. If you could also drop me a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, it would mean the world to me. For more of the good stuff, head on over to my website at sabrinabrina.com. Catch you next time. Later.